Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. And you know what to do with that. <laughs> um, you can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. Um, head on over to Spotify, where you can find Control Issues. And yeah. Listen to that. Put it on loop. Put it on mute if you need to, you know, listen in, get your opinions, get riled up, send us your hate mail. Uh, you can you can send that to controlissuespod at gmail.com. You can also go to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. Twitter, also known as X, just so limit the confusion. Why is every like app and service changing their name in the same span, like the same 12 month span? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just just to confuse us. Yeah. No, like... They're they're starting to figure out they're starting they to figure out our secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then lastly, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your view and pleasure. AMC, how you living? Living good, living well, but none of that matters. A dub because this is the trolleys. 2023 gets mentioned unless otherwise you know put into another context you can assume that this is a recommendation for a great game that we played this year something that was notable from the year 2023 specifically uh but yeah before we get into the categories a dub you want to just give me break it down how how was your 2023 when it came to gaming my 2023 was phenomenal man I yeah. mean, from beginning to end i i just had things that I not only enjoy playing, but I genuinely wanted to play. Like I was never really looking for something to fill any any kind of space or void. I mean, granted, I have a a highly impressive backlog with notable hits and titles throughout just some of the the key years of modern gaming. But at the same token, twenty twenty three itself continued to provide on a very steady almost overwhelming basis where i just I, there was never a shortage of great things for me to play or try out i mean it even got to a point where i got back to juggling multiple games simultaneously and just like kind of hopping from game to game until one really sticks but overall i enjoyed every single minute of it i enjoyed every single game that i had the pleasure of booting up this past year and i look forward to what's to come but uh amc how was your 2023 in the game yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal um it was weird because it was a lot of just games in the backlog so i didn't play a lot of new games this year but the games i played were good and because of that, every game I played was phenomenal. <laughs> it was like just looking at all the games that I went through this year. And I mean, the biggest one, the most notable one being Stardew Valley, finally getting to mm. that and just putting pretty much that game came out and I played nothing <laughs> during that span of time. And it actually screwed up my Diablo 4 launch because I played it for like a few days, 
I, I asked Marissa because we'd beaten um I think it was Kirby. And I was like, hey, you wanna you wanna you wanna try out the Stardew Valley game? Yeah, it's four days after we beat Kirby. Try it out. <laughs> yeah, you wanna try out the Stardew Valley game? And she's like, Yeah, sure. And then, you know, the next four months of our lives is <laughs> just devoted to Stardew four Valley. Months. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was insane. It it was everything. Like we even our one our first night ever without the kids, we literally planned around playing Stardew Valley. It ended up being the night that we completed, like fully completed, perfected Stardew Valley. Like just did everything Ooh. the game had to offer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was absolutely insane. Uh, so yeah, this was an incredible year. Like that alone, just girlfriend game could have just been the year, but on a solo tip, just played so many phenomenal games, still playing so many phenomenal games. And yeah, like, I think the only game that I put down was Midnight Suns for the year. And that was because that was right when Diablo 4 came out. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. all right, sorry, Midnight Suns, but this is the game that I've been looking forward to all year. And so I, I had to get, get away from that. So that's one of those ones I got to get back to. But yeah, just my my rotation of games is just, you know, it's we're at a point now where we know what we like. And so when we get that, when we see it and when we get that and we get that first taste we, and, and it just tastes so sweet like you just know you're off to like a great journey because there's no there's no confusing when it comes to us there's no oh i thought this is going to be better than what it was now we know exactly what we're getting and yeah because of that it's yeah it's another great year of gaming so many games so many games that i didn't add a lot of games to my backlog because i knew that that was just that would just be reckless <laughs> yeah. for for what i needed to do um and yeah, so I can't wait to eventually get to all of those. But what I have and what I've been playing, it's been out of control. But that's enough of that, Adub. Let's let's get into this award show. Let's get into yes. what everybody came here for. So you, you yes. want to lead off the first category? Yes, the first category is what suit am I wearing? No, <laughs> that's not that's not the first category. Now, first category we're going to lead off with in these twenty twenty three trolleys. Most anticipated. Yes. <laughs> yes. What better way to celebrate this past year than to look toward the next year? <laughs> no, bro. All right. Most anticipated. Uh, AMC, feel free to to interject if you have any titles on your list that I don't have on mine. Mm -hmm. But most anticipated. My, my nominees would be Star Wars Outlaws, Suicide Squad, Space Marine 2. Black Myth Wukong, mm. Pacific Drive. Mm. And yeah, like most anticipated, we're talking about the titles that just, the ones that we're looking to as guideposts at a particular part of the year that determine, you know, the overall, the shift in the overall tone of the year and the quality of the products we'll receive. So like, these are the games where it's like, all right, when this comes out, let's see where everything is at, where everything's going. When this comes out, like, okay, yeah. So those are my nominees. AMC, anything you need to add? Um, yeah, anything no, other you would remove. So <laughs> yeah, the the one where I agree with you on is definitely Black Myth Wukong. You know, you know how it is. Uh these games are vaporware, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then they finally come comes... out and then those people are vaporware. Yeah. So when that goes, that will be on the retired troll comment of next year <laughs> when, mm -hmm. when Black Myth Wukong finally finally hits the shores. 
but the uh, the other thing I would add on here is actually an an expansion. Um, that being Diablo 4's Vessel of Hatred expansion. When that, mm. whenever that comes, on the strength of that alone, oh, so uh, much. But hey, Dad, what was your personal like? If you had to pick one of these, which what what is your most anticipated game for 2024? Oh, that's hands down Star Wars Outlaws. <laughs> Speak on that. Since the moment I saw it, the it, the actual gameplay when they showed that whole scene where she's infiltrating what looks like a a gang hideout and. I don't know what she's trying to steal, or she just stole something that she was trying to escape. Or I don't know what's going on. It was, it was dope, and just seeing those visuals, which are very close to the cinematics that they showed off previously, and then the action itself being just—I mean, it looks like it was a blend of Uncharted meets The Division Two, in a way. It, there was just a fluidity to it that only Ubisoft can pull off. Star Wars Outlaws being made by Ubisoft Massive, and it was. It captivated me. And then it got to the open world aspect, which I did not expect at all. Riding the speeder bike, which is something I, I haven't seen in any modern Star Wars game at all. And just knowing that you'll have that, you're going to have multiple planets, you're going to have these, these biomes and situations, you're going to have like a wanted system and just this broad, beautiful, open Star Wars world. Like that's That's the promise being made good on that was set forth by the star wars jedi franchise over respawn so now like ever since ea lost that exclusive license we're finally starting to get the star wars games that we've always wanted and dreamed of star wars outlaws looks to continue that trend and that's why it will be my personal most anticipated how about yourself yeah, for me, the one that I mentioned last, that would be Diablo 4, Vessel of Hatred, that expansion. Uh, I absolutely love Diablo 4, everything that it had to offer. And if we know the history of Diablo, at least when it comes to Diablo 3, Diablo 2, when you get an expansion, it's a pretty big deal. They they rework a lot of things. They typically add a new class. And yeah, that's a lot of what we're going to be getting here. We get a new region, which is going to be absolutely awesome. Um, then on top of that, mm -hmm. we get... You know they're going to be reworking classes and on top of that we're going to get a new class one that they said has never been seen in a previous diablo game so that has my intrigue where they could go what new stuff they could do with that class especially everything that they know everything that they now that they know about diablo 4 they can now put into this new character to really uh complement what the game does well that people have you know commented on positively and so yeah i want to see how they're going to work all that into this new class and what they're going to just what they're going to draw from <laughs> like what what material they're going to draw from for this class because there are just so many different types of you know warriors out there mythological warriors that they could just sum up and throw into this game so i i'm really curious to see what they do there and just knowing blizzard's history with expansions i know that's gonna you know take this game to another level and so I can't wait to see what they do with Diablo 4's expansion, Vessel of Hatred. So that's my personal most anticipated game of 2024. Just an aside, AMC, mm -hmm. how would you feel if the new class in Vessel of Hatred was a bard? Like 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 he like he sings and yeah. <laughs> he has like <laughs> different different instruments. instruments. <laughs> <laughs> That might work. I mean, if you like, you get like a, you get a flute. You could be like the Pied Piper. You could have, a ha you could 
charm the charm the enemies, make them your minions, and make them fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. how would how would you take down bosses? Yeah, I know that would be the tough part. Well, that's that's where that's where you have to like figure out how you can maybe summon some minions with it. Maybe you play the flute and it'll summon some minions as well. Um, maybe like as you're playing the flute and the enemies are slaughtering each other, they go into like your inventory for that song, and then it's like, oh, let me let me let me bust out this jam because yeah. I, just need, I just need to get through this <laughs> this mob, and then let me say let me say my big piece. For the boss, my, you just my crescendo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your magnum opus. Uh, that would be great. Like you're playing like parts of like the stanza, like <laughs> through it. Uh, yeah, like there's like different just waves of your music. Like it, it builds, it slows, and that like attacks. And when it slows, like it slows down the enemies, and then it builds up, and then the attack increases. You can really control the battlefield. You the can momentum. you can affect the the attack speed with the tempo. Of the tempo, yeah. <laughs> uh, Yo, dude, it could work that way. Like each button is a different part of a song, or like a different musical technique that summons a different wave of monsters. Mm -hmm. And then you can you can customize them with with you can customize them with the different passives. Oh, and you can just be out there dropping yeah. hits, literally dropping hits. Sorry to, to derail like that. I had no, to go. I love it. I love now, it. so we have our personal most anticipated. Is there one most anticipated that we can both agree on? Uh, is it going to be Suicide Squad? <laughs> for, no. For, for reasons? <laughs> no. I mean, to, to, be, to be transparent, to be upfront, full disclosure, I am personally looking forward to Suicide Squad very much. I'm glad it's coming out in February. Right. And I, it... To me, and what I look for in a game, especially of this kind, it seems to have everything going for it. I mean, you're playing as the villains. When do you ever get to do that? You're taking on superheroes, like treasured classic characters. You're running around in an overrun metropolis infested with aliens around every corner and every block. You're, you have the visuals. You have the gameplay. You have the performances, the voice actors. Like, everything's there. <laughs> Everything that would make a great game is there. So that's all that needs to be done for me to be on that train. How do you all feel? Right, Let's get into the next category of the show. Oh, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna come to a consensus. Oh my bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we agreed on Suicide Squad. Um No. Uh, it's definitely not my not with on the same list as Star Wars Outlaws and Vessel of Hatred. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our only our Crossover is Black Myth Wukong, unless you want to say Vessel of Hatred with me. <laughs> but I will um, say Vessel of Hatred with you actually, because like that's going that's going to be one of those pivot points in the story and the progression of the like the the evolution of Diablo 4. Like, we're getting seasons and we're getting major major patches, and that's awesome because it's introducing new content new changes new modes new mechanics new themes new reasons to come back in new tweaks but that expansion is actually going to drop in just all right here's a whole new part of the game here's a whole new class to play it with here are whole new balances and tweaks here's all new items like here's it, it's an expansion we've straight up expanded your game and you know, Star Wars Outlaws, I'm looking forward to it. It looks phenomenal, but it's an unknown. I don't know if it's going to stick the landing. I don't know if it's going to break both of its ankles. 
schools and never, never get in the gymnasium again. But Vessel of Hatred, like I know Diablo 4 is already great and more Diablo 4, that's a sure thing. I would throw my hat in the ring for Vessel of Hatred as most anticipated in my in my consensus vote. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and in case you were wondering, our last year's most anticipated game was Diablo 4. So mm-hmm. stayed in line. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. More they haven't, they haven't lost me. I'm I'm all in on Blizzard. Like yeah. just the same as AMC. I play Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 all the time. Overwatch is still one of the finest games ever. I continue to marvel at the visuals and the gameplay, just the overall charm and character of the thing. I know Overwatch 2 has nothing to do with the show today, but it deserves to get its flowers because it's an awesome experience. All right. Uh, so for the next category, a dub, we got <laughs> we got retired troll comment. So this is the the category that we bring up something that the trolls you know complain about every year, and we look at it from this year's perspective, and we say, "Nah, you can't you can't talk about that anymore because mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z." And so, yeah. If you're wondering, last year the winner was just let me buy my skins, <laughs> which um, the reasons for that was uh, people wanted to, you know, they were getting loot boxes in Overwatch and they were saying, I just want to buy my skins. Well, yeah. they got the option to buy their skins. <laughs> they were mad about yeah, that. They're $21. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll give you a little, little 40% discount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we retired. Just let me buy my skins because beware <laughs> what you asked for but for this year for 2023 these are the retired troll comments and we will have our winner the first one a dub is xbox where are the games and yeah, yeah where are the games? <laughs> I mean, we got starfield this year we actually got many games this year hi-fi rush they have plenty of games now so you can you shut the fuck up with that oh, um get an updated engine Let's see. So, A-Dub, would you want to talk about that? We know, obviously, but I mean, they're always telling... <laughs> a, a remark only ever thrown at Bethesda in their games. Never thrown at Rockstar, whose Rage Engine is like, uh, what, 15 years old now? Maybe more? Going on 20 years old? Never thrown at Unreal, which is on its fifth iteration, and the entire industry, as well as the gaming community, are looking forward to the games that will become the the standard pretty soon now that the the engine is out in the wild i i could go on and on naughty dog been using their game engine since uncharted back in like 2007 and it it just goes it it just every developer you look at it's not like a new engine comes out and the entire industry moves toward that it's not like new engines are coming out all the time Mm. most of the most of the most successful engines out there are old it's not about the engine. It's about the developer and uh-huh. what they do to bring to life their vision utilizing that engine. You give another developer Bethesda's engine and let them make an original game, you're going to get something that doesn't really resemble the kind of games that Bethesda's made. I mean, case in point, you can look at Kojima Productions working with Guerrilla Games. They're overlapping their overlapping interest being the Decima engine. Kojima used that for Death Stranding and is more than likely using that for Death Stranding 2 and you know other future projects, maybe even OD. 
Oh, no, I think he's using that. He's using Unreal 5 for that. Sorry about that. False info. But yeah, Kojima's using... <laughs> Kojima using another company's engine, which itself is like approaching 10 years old now, and made Death Stranding with it, which is nothing like Horizon. It looks entirely different, it just responsive, smooth in different ways. And yeah, yeah, it's time to go, in my opinion. Uh, the next one is the Series S is holding back the generation. So there's uh there's a lot of people, you know, Xbox with the launch, they're like, hey, we got this, we got this entry level console <laughs> for <laughs> people who who who've never owned uh, an Xbox before, just want to get a taste of you know our first party offerings, a taste of Game Pass, our our services. Um, yeah, hop in with the with the Series S, and then eventually you can upgrade to a Series X when you when you when you want to roll with the big boys. Yeah, when you want and, a big boy game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so there was a lot of oh man, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of people, you know, because of that, like you know, third party games they have to make for multiple consoles. Um, even with the, some of the first party games, they're saying, oh, these 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 games are coming out, you know, um, a little light on the modes and the options. <laughs> I think the Series S is, uh, you know, really holding back this generation. They're really pointing to it. Then we get the big one is where we get to. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, right around this time, we got Starfield coming out. Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. It's out on, it's, it's coming to PC. And people, we saw that it's announced for PlayStation. And we know it's coming to Xbox, but we're not we're not getting any dates for when it's coming to Xbox. Mm -hmm. Larry, it confirms it's coming to Xbox. <laughs> it's coming to Xbox, but they're not giving any dates. And so we get to the point where it eventually launches on PlayStation, but it's not on Xbox. People then, you know, you know, the ponies are basically taking this as <laughs> well. Baldur's Gate Three is now a first party exclusive. <laughs> first party, <laughs> um, and, and so yeah, they're they're holding that over Microsoft's head, the 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 L box head, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, it's it's getting bad, and and Larry eventually says, you know, we. Yes, we plan on launching this game on Xbox, but we're we're running into you know some some difficulties with certain aspects. I believe it was the multiplayer when it came to the Series S, and yes, that's, um, that split screen wasn't wasn't splitting right. Yeah, it wasn't splitting, and so I <laughs> uh, you know we can't we can't release it because you know because of Phil. <laughs> and uh, you yeah, won't let Phil, us do it. You won't let us do it. <laughs> And basically, Phil Phil Spencer had basically you know mandated, hey, if you're going to release a game on the Series X, it's got to also run on the Series S. And so, uh, you know, that became a whole deal. Sorry, let me pause real quick. The cat is meow. All right, and Killer has left the building. And yeah, so we get to that point where you know they're they're holding it back, they're holding it back till they can get this Series S thing figured out. People are really starting to get skeptical of the Series S. And then you know, right around the Game Awards, we get the announcement, hey. Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to Xbox Series X and S. And what do you know? While we were actually getting this thing to work on the Series S, we actually ended up getting the game to run a lot more better, smoother, a better performance level on all the consoles. <laughs> and so actually getting this game to work on the Series S ended up improving the standard of the game for everybody else. Actually ended up helping, I guess, the, the game of a generation for everybody else's experiences. So actually you can think the Series S, you can think 
Microsoft's engineers and everybody and all the money that was probably poured into figuring this situation yeah. out. But, um, you know, it ended up being, it, it did create a situation, but it ultimately ended up benefiting everybody else. And hopefully we'll see if it becomes a situation where it ends up, uh, you know, benefiting more third-party games. Now Xbox knows how to possibly address some of these issues that come with the Series S. But that's not the only one, A-Dub. That was just setting it up. Uh, we also have One Trick Pony. You want to talk about this oh, one? One Trick Pony. You know, the, the term of endearment that always seems to emerge whenever a storied developer puts out an entry in a storied franchise or of a storied game type. And it does exceptionally well. But people just can't live with it. They got to take a little steam out of the sales. I mean, a lot of it came at FromSoft because, you know, this developer that nobody knew existed back in like <laughs> 2008, 2007, you know, start really started, got a guy in there, a visionary, Hidetaka Miyazaki. And he decided he was going to take this this project that was in trouble, Demon Souls, and and turn it into something special. And that he did. And ever since then, we've seen the birth of Dark Souls. We've seen the birth of the Souls-like genre. We've seen the birth of Bloodborne, people's game of the generation of the PS4 era. We've seen Sekiro, one of A-Dub's most favorite games of all time. We see all the work they've done with their sequels, with their spinoffs, and all that culminate into Elden Ring, the greatest souls I can made. <laughs> in, my, in my personal opinion, also in the opinion of other people who I'm sure will show up to tell you exactly the same thing. But yes, all along this, this meteoric rise from just being unknown to being like the beacon of the game industry, like of game design, of hard games, of games that don't hold the player's hand. All that in the course of what, like 15 years? And it was it was just very hard to say too many substantive criticisms toward from software, except for one, which was that they're one trick pony. They only know how to make one game. <laughs> they're just going to keep milking souls until there's no more milk in your soul. <laughs> you know, and despite that, from came back, put out a dubs dream game. Number one, armor core six. And, put that out to greater success than any other Armored Core game has enjoyed. And also being quite possibly one of the best Armored Cores ever made, if not the best Armored Core ever made. I don't want to make a final judgment on that because I haven't completed the game, although I love every minute of it. I'm so glad it exists. So glad I'm not done with it. But yeah, man, they, they smashed that. They came back to their classic franchise, showed you it was still dope showed you it was even better with what they learned in their their new level of production value, the new level of hardware we have. And they're they're just still rolling. They got a new IP in the works and they're expanding. They're they're starting to get into the publishing game. Like from software it just continues to grow and expand, showing off their versatility, their work ethic, their just undying spirit and passion for games. So yeah, that's why One Trick Pony is on the list. And I think it needs to go. And then the last one, <clears throat> but the launch. 
this is a good one uh we we bring this up all the time but the launch um just so many games that that turn it around and you know they're those trolls that they can't they can't forgive they can't forget they can't let go they can't evolve they can't see things for what they are now they can only see things for what they were um and yeah it's the but the launch trolls because this year was <laughs> especially of all the years when it came to you know cyberpunk 2077 um that that launch to you know a point they took it off the market at least the playstation store sony was like yeah. you can't sell this game delisted <laughs> it and now it's one of it was this year the expansion was being argued as one of the best games of the year. The best expansion. Of the year. <laughs> expansion. Um, so, so is yeah. Vesela Hatred going to be eligible for game of the year next year? Oh, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, is, on, on are, are people are people going to be drawing a line? Is there going to be a controversy <laughs> next year? And uh, especially since it'll be a, a a Microsoft game at that point, so then it'll be like, oh, it's just oh, the, the, the Xbox text. the Xbox, <laughs> yeah, the Xbox text. Oh man, that should have been man, you can just next year. forecast the headlines. We we gotta have a forecasting section. Like what future headlines like they do on on like Bill Maher and, and John Oliver. Yeah. Um and then yeah, there there are other games. I mean, um with first like you get into just you know, just rough launches in general when it comes to you know Diablo 4. Yeah, it took a while for people to, you know, to get the servers right. But we, it gets going. People are playing it. People are talking about, oh, I'm, I'm liking the campaign. I'm really enjoying it. And then they get to the the first season. They're like, what? I have to create a new character. What is this? And then <laughs> yeah, you get, people you get suddenly to, discovered what seasons were. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, then they, I believe, Blizzard, yeah, Blizzard, Diablo 4 team, they put out a, um, some nerfs and uh, suddenly classes were unplayable in the game mm -hmm. <laughs> and so people people were wrote not, uh, writing off uh diablo 4 to the point where you know it was becoming those things like i don't hear anybody talking about man people really fell off of diablo 4 and then season two comes out and people are like oh I'm, diablo's back apparently I'm, I'm really liking diablo i'm <laughs> i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the, these changes these reworks these all this new content to the end game um and just all this stuff that came with season two that just you know blew everybody's socks out <laughs> um and yeah it was it was out of control and you know there's just so many more examples no man's sky yada, yada yada so that's why but the launch made it on the list of retired troll comments but we can only have one winner a dub and we have a consensus winner and that winner a dub is series s holding back the generation admittedly a line that that your boy a dub subscribed to for a good while the evidence was compelling i was i was looking at him sideways just like come on like this can't be it can't be but you know what eventually it was proven that it's not and i you know it's it's kind of bittersweet because it comes back to the notion that some developers just either don't have the time and the resources or the desire to just put in that work to get things the way that they're supposed to be. However, there are developers that do have those time and resources and or that desire. So we saw that with Larian and Baldur's Gate 3, how they just, they powered through, they got with the Xbox engineers and they came up with a solution that not only made it work, but is going to make the game better for everybody on all platforms and as the amc said hopefully this means that the xbox engineers are now armed with information that 
you know, not just make other third-party games better on the platform, but since they know the solution to these problems ahead of time, this could probably shorten or eliminate these kinds of of gaps in the releases. Like it's, you know, you hear about what other what other games can and can't do with the 30 and the 60 and all that. And then we finally get to a Baldur's Gate 3 where it's like, okay, we're putting it out on this one, but this one has to wait. And yeah, if you have those problems figured out, not only can you have those simultaneous releases, maybe release schedules can now move up for certain Xbox games or Xbox versions, or, you know, maybe this helps in even bigger ways than just their, their personal, not personal, but their professional situation. So that's why I feel like that's the way it is. <laughs> yes, I concur. I already gave my reasons. And yeah, I mean, the only other thing is it's kind of something that we preach often is, you know, wait and see wait and see yeah you don't we don't know um and also you just you never know like something can seem bad but that thing can lead to something good <laughs> it's like that's always a potential so sometimes you kind of just wait it out and you see what happens and then you know if it's all bad then then you call it out but um anticipating something bad doesn't really you know doesn't never really helps a situation it gives people a lot, a lot to discuss which is which is great for content but ultimately it doesn't what we end up with is the actual situation and that's what ended up turning out with uh you know the series s and boulders gate 3 and so that that ended up gr being great because it you know it's a good story for you know the generation it's another win for the generation when people are looking at like you know all these other causes that they feel are holding back the generation or they're looking for excuses as to why to yeah. say this generation is lacking we have another thing that we can push aside and actually say it's um you know it's it's just another option for the generation so that that's that's great to hear um before we move to the next category adub let's take a quick break and we'll come back with teaser our most trolled of the year all right we are back adub what you got Back up in it with our next category. If you were here for the teaser, most trolled. So this category is designated for the the property or the entity or the the figure, what have you, that has been just consistently the most trolled, the most the most aggressively trolled. <laughs> just in general, the the most hated thing throughout the year, the one that. This shows an unending trend of being disliked and disparaged. The nominees are as follows. We got Sony. <laughs> yeah, Sony. I mean, they, they had a rough year, man. The whole the whole 12 live service games coming out over over the next couple of years. I mean, they got the factions <laughs> <laughs> they got the fashion <laughs> it's not enough there's all the like the whole storyline with that just okay it's not launching with the game okay it's becoming something bigger we're gonna show you something soon oh you know what bungie pushed it back and it's back to the drawing board oh wait a minute we got it on ice all right it's canceled <laughs> <laughs> that was like not laughing at the situation itself but just laughing at just that course of events it, that, that was something but you know that's what happens when you're following the development of things some things mm -hmm. just don't make it out and 
you know, in most cases, most people aren't following the development of things. They just see things when they're out, like, oh, that's out. Oh, that's new. Oh, that looks cool. Oh, what is that? It's now everybody wants to be like, oh, you know, you know what's coming out. Oh, you know what I heard. Oh, you know what I saw. Like, everybody wants to be that insider. And when you do that, we end up in these situations where everybody's watching these things being incubated. Sometimes you just can't take it to term. So, you know, Sony had that kind of situation. Of course, the whole Jim Ryan retiring, you know, it's just the timing of that and the circumstances happening, especially with all the the flying around and testifying with the the Activision transaction with Microsoft. So that was another just source of like just what is it? Just janky PR? Just <laughs> <laughs> is that the new shit? This janky PR. It, it it just keeps going on. But our other nominees, once my phone recognizes me, most trolled, Microsoft, same acquisition, that whole thing taking so long, the back and forth, the FTC rejecting this and the the CMA not agreeing with this paragraph and like, what are y'all doing over here? And that whole situation uh, coming off of 2022 and continuing for a good while, just not really having anything to show for themselves. And, you know, I use the term anything loosely because we just came off a year where they had intimate and I'm sure they had one other game and I can't remember last year. So if you do feel free to call it out. But they it took them a while to get up and running. And then they had a, you know, a noticeable black eye from the whole Redfall situation. Things were looking dire and, you know, everything's hinging on Starfield to make or break, make or break Microsoft with all their acquisitions. And while Starfield did come out, was played by tens, the over 10 million people. And it's just doing great in all its performance metrics. It didn't get the the singing reviews and the glowing praise that everyone had hoped so greatly that it would receive. And for some reason, it just turned into this this huge pit of negativity. Like even in the groups on social media, people are just going out of their way to either be negative about the game or to prevent people from being positive about the game. And that mm. just, it's, I, I've never seen it. I can't say I've never seen anything like that. So I won't say that. However, it, it's really bad for a game that came out and actually was their best performing title was their best looking title lived up to the promises and the demos that they gave us before launch, like yeah, I everything went like, smooth. Like everybody's thinking Redfall and Fallout seventy six <laughs> leading yeah. into this, yeah. and so the expectations expectations were well, we know that they made Skyrim, we know that they made Fallout three, but we don't know if they still have the fastball, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then you get the game, and so initially there's like a sigh of relief. People were talking very positively about it initially. There's one bad review. People are saying, "Ah, oh, this, the, the, this one, the Xbox tax, the birth of it." Yeah. <laughs> With that, uh, there's a, there's an Xbox Microsoft biased at certain outlets, but it, but yeah, you know, from the fan base, from you know, from the fan base, they're all positive. And then as time starts to progress, then you know, then 
you know that that part of the audience gets quiet and then you get that 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 angry minority they show up and now they, there's nobody to combat them and then so they now get to run rampant and now suddenly now this game has gone from uh oh bethesda's back they know how to make great great games this might not be as this might not be as good as skyrim or fallout 3 from a preference standpoint but this is in their league as opposed to you know their lesser games um and then yeah and obviously it takes a turn for the worse from a narrative perspective but like clearly a good game a great game everybody was so worried about the performance they they met all those goals yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing worried they, they no, said 30 and said that you yeah. wouldn't even notice it, yeah. it, i was wary i saw some bad 30s on my remember, tv every, yeah <laughs> and, remember all, all everybody talked about was like all i want is a stable frame rate i don't yeah. care if it's 60 i just want a stable frame rate you got that <laughs> like, yeah you got that from day one yeah <laughs> which is wild like i'm sitting there playing the game like yo i i don't even see it <laughs> it's why like that's the best 30 frames per second i've ever seen so yeah that's that also explain helps explain why bethesda is a nominee for most troll <laughs> in the number three spot i mean it goes a little deeper because over the course of starfield's life cycle it got to a point where it looked like Bethesda's official customer service social media account was uh, responding to user negative user reviews of the game, telling them like, well, you know, this going to the moon was fun for the astronauts. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there was nothing up there. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And the backstory on that was for reasons on steam the game with starfield was getting review bombed <laughs> and so uh, yeah so the some attention was 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 placed in that direction as to why starfield was getting review bombed and people reacting negatively to that which i i do get that point it's like hey man just let the people be babies don't don't bother trying to address yeah. them <laughs> don't, don't waste your time don't come and try to like take the toy away from the bully and give it back to the quiet kid. <laughs> yeah. Just let the bully get tired of the toy and then everything can go back to its natural order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's our, it's our game now. We hate it. Nobody can play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ne next nominee for most troll, Blizzard. <laughs> and yeah, man, it's like, I, I mean, it was pretty bad in the like Diablo three years, like the first three, maybe four years of his life cycle with everybody just trashing it because of how it launched on PC in 2012. But over time, it eventually became a lot of people's favorite Diablo. It's been my favorite Diablo since day one, since it was the only one I really engaged with. However, Diablo four comes along and by and large, it improves on Diablo three in just about every way. And just somehow finds itself on the ass end of an ass whooping when it comes to the critical, not the, the critical reception, but like the, what is it? The consumer reception, the user reviews. And oh my God, it's just, it's, it's the worst one. It's bland, the itemization, uh, the end game. There's no end game. You level too slow and level faster. It's just every, perceivable flaw of that game was dragged drawn and quartered in the town square for the amusement of the the frothing masses and uh, it was 
like you had the whole Bobby Kotick and the whole scandals and, and the Cosby suite and everything going on at Activision Blizzard, the company. I mean, you had the the internal harassment stuff going on, and just ever since that, it ta- it colored the company in such a negative light that there's just nothing they can do that won't be met with waves of criticism. So they put out Diablo Four. And of course, you know, it has the typical issues. People can't log in too fast on day one. It takes like two hours to get in. And when you get in, you might get booted and that gets dragged out. And then it, it just goes into all the, the bugs and oh, they're shutting down the the OP builds. Of course, people find the builds that do millions of points of damage and then they make YouTube videos about it. And then everybody has those builds, which Blizzard is sitting there watching, like, why is everybody using this? Fix the problem. They're the bad guys because they shut down everybody's fun. A lot of that, there was a lot of uncomfortable campfire chats, which I applaud Blizzard for taking that initiative to have those regular live updates and sharing patch notes with the community before patches went live. I I just wish they didn't have to go through that that season one just gauntlet in order to get to that point. And, you know, but with season two, we see them turning around and we see people getting excited for season three. We're seeing them being more transparent and, you know, opening up to the community. So I feel like, you know, it's they're They're obviously changing for the better. They're still getting trolled for it. And maybe that's why they endure on this list. Let me talk about, let me see, most trolled, the last nominee, live service games. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said, it's it's properties, it's entities, it's figures, it's everything in between. One thing all of these nominees have in common and why this stands as a nominee itself is because it just it doesn't matter who makes it it doesn't matter <laughs> what kind of game it is if it's live service or has live service elements it is immediately and violently rejected by the gaming community doesn't matter what it is and then it's usually on the people that take the risk or go in knowing that they'll enjoy the game to report back letting folks know like hey like you're kind of you're kind of tripping this is pretty cool like for instance very excited about suicide squad uh once people figured out it was a live service game they immediately turned on it i mean it was already a downhill battle or not a downhill an uphill battle because you know it was a suicide squad game instead of a batman game it's a you know the, oh what I just want to be Batman. And then Gotham Knights came along and then that further another Gotham game without Batman. So that further just tainted that perception of Suicide Squad and, you know, Blizzard with Diablo 4. Of course, people hating on that largely because it's an always online game. Of course, we have this whole this whole uproar with the games preservationists and the folks who just hate all things always online. I mean, Sony had Gran Turismo 7 and that got trashed all over the internet because of being always online. And, you know, to be fair, that side of the game, they just want to be able to 
play these games whenever they want, not have to depend on the connectivity of their internet or if the developers are supporting it. On the flip side, it's like if it if a game reaches a point where people aren't playing it, then that means people aren't playing it. And there's no financial sense in continuing to support something that people aren't playing. So see both sides of the game there. Uh, Bethesda, the Redfall, another live service game that the developer ended up making instead of something like a Dishonored 3, which people wanted way more. <laughs> <laughs> apparently but they, but they want to buy all the previous ones a lot way more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean what, you hear it online but then you talk about the numbers i mean what what was it that dishonor really didn't perform financially and that's why they had to make the live service game to at least try well it just it wasn't selling stiller it wasn't a stiller seller and so it was one of those things where it was before bethesda got acquired by microsoft they were like well like like how every other <laughs> like publisher and developer has basically mandated is hey let's try to get a good live service game out there and so they asked him to make a live service game instead yeah. of doing a dishonored three and so Jesus. yeah that's how i ended up with uh redfall yeah and, and we saw how that went but not because the game was live service it was because the game was not done <laughs> and not and not in the best shape that it could be it wasn't in the most complete state that it could be but because because that game just nosedive on the first step that's just live service games oh dead on arrival they should have known better read the room you had a touch <laughs> yeah. it just it just goes on so that's how microsoft gets gets tied up in that sony we talked about so those are our nominees for most trolled. AMC, do do we have any personals? Do we have a consensus? Uh, no, we had a consensus. And this one was live service. <laughs> Absolutely. Hands down. Uh, yeah, no surprise here. Live service. Um, you mentioned everything. The one thing that, like, you know, a result of, you know, the the outrage to suicide squad being a live well at the time being a live service game they reworked it and they're like that's yeah, no longer a live service game but also yeah. um there there's word got out that there is a you know a wonder woman game coming and so people them are like this is gonna be a live service game uh, yeah. so losing their mind to the point where wb had to come out and say emphatically that it was not a live service game so now now we're having people have to uh, react to you know the the Salem witch hunt of is this a live yeah. service game? <laughs> um, fears now this, and concerns. This reminds me of something though, because remember, remember when nobody cared. Well, I wouldn't say nobody cared if a game was live service, but it it was fine if it was live service. Just tell me if it has microtransactions. Mm -hmm. And then before that, it was oh, just tell me if it has loot boxes. And it's just this. You see it like people talk about slippery slope all the time and oftentimes it doesn't apply. There's just some things where you do have to get a little closer to the edge in order to, you know, live properly. Mm. But with this, you're just seeing the gaming community stepping little by little and they stepped, they, they didn't even step from loot boxes. They stepped from like project $10, like oh, online pass, does it have an online pass? And they stepped from that all the way to, is it a live service game? Is is this whole structure <laughs> a certain <laughs> thing? And if it is, I hate it. 
So yeah. It's little by little. You went from an element of it to the whole thing. At the same token, you got Street Fighter Six. Apparently a live service game done right. So that shows that it can be done right, which means that the design isn't dead on arrival. And that's why I feel live service is most trolled because there are redeeming qualities about it. And ultimately it comes down to whether or not it's a game. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't prefer, you know, the, the battle pass over the loot box when it comes to overwatch. But Mm -hmm. what I will say about live service is I feel like we're getting new heroes, new updates, more skins, just a lot more content is poured into the game is being poured into the game. I think it's because it's centered around, you know, the seasons and the battle passes and all that stuff. So there's a little bit more incentive to constantly update the game in that way and to, to try to keep it fresh. So I think there is like, there are benefits to live service to the point where people are now saying it's, it's FOMO generating Mm -hmm. because they're always having these events and these seasons. And they're like, Hey, you need to play the game because they got all this new stuff in there. And if you want to, you know, partake in all that stuff you need to jump in it now or at least during this time period and people are upset about that but the whole point is they're constantly giving you new stuff and new incentives to come and play their game as opposed to playing it one time being the campaign putting it down and never playing it again mm-hmm. and look at this point i was playing overwatch 2 last year it was my game of the year and i'm still playing overwatch 2 there's not oh. too many i don't think there's any other games i can say that i've, that I've been playing consistently over a year span um and so yeah it's there's something to it and people overlook it it's the most played games is the games that we play when we don't have you know a new single player experience so they definitely serve a purpose it's just people people don't want that to take place over another single player game potentially being made and that's always the concern but yet everybody plays live service games so it's like this mm-hmm. it's like this guilty pleasure that people don't want to acknowledge it's like people gaining weight and not acknowledging certain calories that they're putting in their body. <laughs> or lack of activity. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's definitely why live service is on this category. Um, moving on to the next one, best developer. Yes. Um, yeah, so this was a year. We didn't have this category last year, but there were just so many great games, so many you know Herculean efforts to get us some awesome, you know, you know, games, some resurrections of games, <laughs> and a lot of ongoing, a lot of living it? up to and exceeding the hype. Yeah, and yeah, and then keeping some things going. And so, yeah, there's so many to the point that we actually didn't agree. We have our own um, winners for best developer, but I will still read them off. We have Larian. Uh, they put out Boulder's Gate three. They mm-hmm. continue. You know, we talked about earlier with the retired troll comments and the one trick pony. Larian, you could call them a one trick pony, but much like from software, they take that thing and they seem to just evolve it every time to the point that it then creates uh, you know, just a wave of innovation through the industry every time they add like a new mechanic in their games. And yeah, I would say Larian is, you know. Right now, they've done that with what people want with RPGs and, you know, choices and options and yada, yada, yada. So for obvious reasons, Larian's on there. Multiple Game of the Year awards. They won Best Game at the uh, the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Blizzard on there. We got Diablo 4, um, you know, just our most anticipated Game of the Year. Overwatch 2, a game that, you know, me, you, E-Single just have been holding it down on. 
continuing to be just great developers and knowing how to support their games and and to pivot when they need to to address some of the you know the the real concerns of the community they know how to at least adapt and you know make the game in a way that benefits both the developer and the you know the player at large so there that's why blizzard's on that list uh cd project red you know last year a dub at the beginning of the year he's playing cyberpunk enjoying it for what it was at that time they end up coming with massive updates they get the expansion everybody's saying you need to go back you need to play uh cyberpunk 2077 uh the expansion with your boy idris elba yes. uh, they got all this new stuff going on a dub constantly telling me about i mean i want to play starfield but just, they've yeah. done so much with cyberpunk yeah <laughs> i can't yeah. put it down like starfield was it it had a couple issues that complicated my my enjoyment of it and i just needed to give them time to patch that out cyberpunk was there for me when i needed it yeah and then um yeah and then bethesda bethesda so much there but they they put out starfield um this year it was the most into it was a game that you know had all the odds stacked against it as far as narrative and anticipation and all the negative articles we can write <laughs> when this game comes out um like it was a game that was set up for failure even though there are a lot of people that were excited about it bethesda stayed in the pocket your boy todd todd howard todd coward god howard <laughs> showed up when he needed to he, he 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 performed at every you know every event when he needed to talk about the game said all the right things leading up to it your boy pete hines was standing up for it standing up for for the, for the load for not for the load screen but the, uh, the, the opening screen. screen the start screen <laughs> the passion behind it um yeah they there's just so much the odds are just so stacked in this game as far as expectation and hype and xbox really needing a a win from you know a big triple a first party experience and bethesda being able to deliver on that as far as you know the acquisition everything everything that microsoft needed uh bethesda was able to step in and fill in those shoes and you know really put Microsoft in a good place from the consumer perspective. And so that is why Bethesda is on our developer of the year. But A-Dub, I'll let you lead off with who is your best developer of the year? Now, you know, this, this was a late entry. It just snuck in and just made enough of an impression over a respectable amount of time to edge out the vote. I got to go with the men and women of Larry. It's, Baldur's Gate 3 is on a whole nother level. It's so detailed and so beautiful to look at and just so polished and smooth and just with layers and options and freedom. It's, it's mind boggling how just well done and completely done everything is like it just accommodations for even just the smallest little inconsistencies like i would like i was playing a portion of the game where i had to blow open a, a an obstruction in in like a pathway and i needed with explosives and there are these gnomes they're like hitting it with pickaxes trying to clear the rubble i go over there i go on my inventory I pull out the bomb, I drop it in front of the rocks, 
all the gnomes run away and stand back away and like they're looking at it and they're just waiting for me to set off the explosion. I did it. It didn't blow the obstruction up the whole way. The gnomes waited for a bit and then went back to picking and working their way. I dropped another bomb. They ran away again, cleared it, and then it moved. And it was just like that. I was wondering the whole time, what are the gnomes going to do if I just drop this bomb here? Like, it's not like I went up to it and there was an option like place bomb, initiate countdown, get away. It was just like, all right, figure it out. It's, it's, man, it's, it doesn't hold your hand, yet there are so many places that you can go with that game. And I am just utterly appalled and shocked and thoroughly satisfied with everything that Baldur's Gate 3 has offered me and what's coming close to about 60 hours now since I got it um, a few days ago. And yeah, man, that's why Larian is my personal developer of the year. They took everything they were good at and somehow made all of it better, touched and handcrafted every single portion of it <laughs> and made it look easy. That's insane. AMC. Yeah, my personal will be Bethesda as the what? best developer. <laughs> yeah. They oh, man. There's as I as I said, the expectations, the expectations, the expectations. There was so much put on this game, on the game being Starfield. Um to meet those expectations was one. That was in itself, you know, just a, a great thing. But the fact that they literally pretty much carried Microsoft for the year, <laughs> if you think about it, outside yeah. of, you know, Forza came out, but Forza, you know, not everybody's a motorhead. Um, and so that's going to, that's going to, you know, appeal to a certain branch. But, you know, there's the big AAA game. And so we get that with Starfield, but you forget, like at the beginning of the year, it starts off with, oh, we have this Xbox event. We're going to finally get some dates for these games that we've been waiting for or the dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they we get there, we have, you know, all these games, uh, all these dates revealed. And then they say, oh, and here's this other game, Hi-Fi Rush. People are looking at it. They're like, oh, cool. It's like kind of like this rhythm uh, action game. Looks interesting. Looks really cool. Great style, yada, yada. And then they say, oh, and by the way, this game is out today on game pass <laughs> yeah. so people immediately start start queuing it up downloading it as the presentation's going on and people are playing it and people are absolutely loving it like to the point where mm-hmm. they're like damn this game is shadow drop this on game pass what like just like that. And, yeah and people are loving it and it's nominated for for awards like a year later um and so yeah it, it kind of holds down Microsoft holds down Game Pass for you know the opening of the year. When it came to that, that came from Tango. So that's you know Bethesda published game, but Bethesda. Then we get Redfall. So we get a ton of ton of horrible news and negativity around Redfall, and obviously that coming out um, Bethesda published as well. Um, and you know because of that, we're now getting you know concerns about like I don't know like like. If, if this happened, <laughs> what about Starfield? Like, yeah. this this happened under Bethesda's watch. This happened under Microsoft's watch. This happened under Matt Booty's watch. Yeah. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, this is uh, this is bad signs for for Starfield. And 
they still send out they see they get the early the early copies out of starfield so people have plenty of time to play this game and people play it people are positive initially mm -hmm. and because of that you know now people are saying here's a reason to go out and buy uh you know buy xbox games by starfield this is a game and it, it shows up they did the uh this this is the big test when it came to early access and if people are willing to you know buy games or will they wait for it to just come out on game pass quote unquote for free and it shows up first day it's on npd <laughs> for the top 10 of the year and it holds out through the entire year so enough people bought the game to you know keep it within the top 10 best-selling games of the year. So they were able to make make do on those sales and those concerns when it came to that. Um, and yeah, everybody just talked about how great it was. The narrative, it kept people talking about Xbox, but not in this negative perspective. And then it also killed that, you know, that notion that Xbox doesn't have any good first-party games. Like, yeah. um, so that. yeah, smash that. So with Starfield and with, you know, Hi-Fi Rush, Bethesda was able to, you know, keep the ship afloat and in a way where it wasn't even now people have even greater expectations because now they're like, oh, well, if we got this, well, we got Avowed coming. We got we got Hellblade coming. Mm -hmm. Now the expectations are got Fable coming. coming. Yeah, Fable coming. So now the expectations are, oh, now they're now they're rocking and rolling. We got all the all the BS out when it came to Redfall. Now we, we got those cobwebs shaking out. They've reworked things. They have they have a better system in place for how they're gonna, you know, quality, quality control, do all their checks before the games come out, yada yada yada. They're able to get, you know, Starfield at a steady frame rate. Microsoft is clearly um, you know, focused with their engineers and everything to put all their resources behind getting you know, these quality games out to the consumer and, you know, it legitimizes Game Pass as well. So, you know, just Starfield and Bethesda did so much for what Bethesda is trying to sell when it comes to their vision. Um, and yeah, they were actually able to, you know, make that vision become a little more tangible as opposed to like this thing of like, you know, the games will start coming. Just just wait and see. The games will yeah. start coming. The games have started coming. And yeah. not only third party, but first party now. And so... Yeah, that's why I had to put it on my best developer of the year. <laughs> developer of the year. Yeah, of the year. All right. So before we get into our, our big category, game of the year, let's take a quick break, A dub, and we will come back with that goodness. All right, we are back with our final category, A dub. So you wanna you wanna you wanna take it away? Take it away. Take what us home. We got is the most coveted category, the most important award, the biggest trophy the 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 je ne sais quoi of the industry being given out right here this is game of the year 2023 i don't really have a list of nominees because it would be too large at least if i were to acknowledge all the games that i'm i'm sure are fantastic this year um of the games i've played that would include Baldur's Gate 3, The Last Spell, Jusant, Diablo 4, Forspoken, uh, Forza Motorsport, Starfield. Like it's, I'm sure there are others that are mixed in there. And just I, I could look them up. Like I played Mage Seeker, Everspace 2. I should have been playing Astral Ascent, but I got to track down a key for that. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's even more that I missed. But this game, this year was absolutely packed with stellar titles, and I'm sure that our lists, like there may be some vague overlap, but you know, there's also the possibility that there may not be any overlap at all because it was. I, 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 there was never a shortage of things to play. And in fact, it was, it was one of those rare times where it was a shortage of time to play all the things that I knew were the most interesting and that I wanted to really devote the time to. So yeah, if I were, if I were to narrow it down to a couple of nominees and man, I feel bad about a lot of games that I'd be leaving out, but the ones that have made the biggest impression on me in 2023, it would be a toss up between Baldur's Gate 3 so far, having completed it, but definitely dozens of hours in. So I, I know what I'm dealing with at this point. And then uh, a lesser discussed title that just really knocked me for a loop. I was totally enamored with, I'm still absolutely in love with, haven't completed it either, put in probably two, maybe even three times the hours into before Baldur's Gate 3 came around. That game would be the last spell. Uh, AMC, what are your nominees for Game of the Year? Um, I mean, Super Mario Wonder is... I absolutely love this game. Um, playing the shit out of it, so that would be, yeah, I yeah, it was uh, that was going to be my game of the year, but this other one I had to give it to. But um, yeah, I absolutely love Super Mario Wonder. What they were able to do with the with the Wonder Flower and <laughs> its all its all its hippie properties, um, yeah. psychedelic properties, and uh, you know just the different innovations that they were able to do with the platforming that they have everything that you know and love about mario games they they added the new elephant hat but then on top of that they added the new abilities that you can customize to use one for each run and those abilities will contribute to solving certain like hiding hiding find, finding hidden items or being able to read certain items so not not quite a metroidvania but if you want to collect everything it has metroidvania I guess influences because because of the fact that you need to unlock these abilities in order to get certain things that you can you know then use to complete the entire game and so yeah um just all those additions and just that mario goodness that great gameplay i i love uh just a great co-op experience and uh, so yeah i would say super mario wonder as far as a uh yeah as far as a non game of the year but game of the year <laughs> like the the best game i played this year that didn't come out this year but if it did come out this year it would have been my game of the year is what i'm getting at would have been um stardew valley just, holy yeah holy <laughs> shit it's absolutely phenomenal it's just everything i had heard about the game i'd seen about the game and then for it to be that and more the um just addictiveness of just farm life and and, and small town life <laughs> just getting to getting to know people filling up my character <laughs> and then yeah just the best like girlfriend game quote unquote of the year with with marissa just she absolutely loved it and so her passion for it just added to my enjoyment of the game because she was always about it and to the point where i didn't yeah i didn't get to play certain games because of it because you know usually my schedule is you know kids go to sleep 
Marissa and I get our time. So if we if we're gonna play Super Mario Wonder, we might work it in during that time if we're not gonna watch a show. We'll do that, and then she goes to sleep, and then I might get my time to play if it's not too late. But um, when it came to Stardew, she was not going to sleep before me. Like <laughs> we're going to like she's like, Oh, you're staying up, then we're playing Stardew. And so it was just all Stardew all day. And you know, I you know, it's when it comes to those, sometimes it's kind of like, damn, I really wish I could be playing this other game. But in that case, it was not like that at all. It was like, hell yeah, I want more Stardew because I need to work on my axe cutting or my more my fishing skills. I need to work on this friendship. I need to work my way through this mine to get to this level to get this resource so I could build this weapon. Like it was just so many systems on systems, and just the fact that it was made by that small of a team, just you know unbelievable I, I, it makes me more excited for the chocolatier whenever that comes uh concerned concerned ape also announced that there is going to be an update a big update coming to stardew valley this is years and years after the original game came out so they're just constantly updating it still so you, you just know that it is a passion project for that for that that small developer i guess that dude and his small team or that person in a small team and so yeah it's uh Stardew Valley just gets uh, a big honorable mention because, uh, you know, if you haven't played that game, please, please give it a shot. <laughs> so, but yeah, not my game of the year. What's, what's yours? If you want to lead off a dub with your game of the year. Uh, do we want to do personal or overall? No, nah, we're going to do personal. 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 Ah, man. I, it should be Baldur's Gate, but I gotta say it's the last spell. Because that that game, I saw it, and when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, yo, that looks dope. 100% keeping my eye on that. That's the kind of game that, that's the kind of game I want to see. Like, tactical, turn-based, you got zombies coming in from all different sides, and you're just commanding this, you're commanding this squad and trying to survive these nights so the mages in the center of town can cast the last spell and get rid of all the evil, all the undead, all the monsters. And that simple premise with that pixelated game with its outstanding soundtrack did just unimaginable things to, to my imagination and my creativity because over time, the pixels melted away and it turned into just real life medieval carnage going down it's it has different classes it has different equipment it has different levels of equipment different variants of equipment it has items it has stats leveling up it has you know distance line of sight traps defenses wall types different kinds of towers teleporters and this you know different kinds of mages like you your class it has classes that you can build into stat wise as you level and as you hire new units to fill your ranks you know especially if you want to have enough people necessary to repel the hordes but it also allows you to choose their class based on their equipment so if you put a book in somebody's hands they're using spells and it would be a good idea for you to level them up, inspect them toward spellcasting or to hire someone who's already leaning in that direction. But, you know, you give them a gun, their range, you, you know, you could, you could swap their equipment. So they had two sets and you, could, you just 
give them options. And as you maneuver around the battlefield, you see that it's it's not so much about survival as it is about absolute domination. <laughs> like you're taking this tiny squad and you're repelling hundreds of creatures a night and this escalates over the time necessary a night is a is an encounter and there's usually about six or more nights that you have to endure in order for the mages to finish the last spell between the nights you have the production phase where you make repairs you know improve things expand your territory not necessarily expand your territory but you know just attain greater control of your surroundings, build up your town so it can give you more passive, permanent, and recurring benefits. And it's that gameplay loop, that music, those phases, that combat, everything just comes together in this very unassuming yet overwhelmingly entertaining product. And that is why The Last Spell is my personal game of the year. I know it came out on PC before 2023. However, it came out on console in 2023. That's when I played it. That's why it's my game of the year. AMC. Yeah, um, my personal game of the year. Surprise, surprise. My most anticipated game of 2023, that being Diablo 4. Um yeah, I did not get Diablo 3 as mentioned. I played with played the shit out of it. I platinumed it with a dub, but I never owned Diablo 3. The last Diablo game I owned was Diablo 2. So there was a big anticipation for Diablo 4. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait. So pumped to do to play Druid, get my werewolf, bring him bring him back. The last the last yes. Diablo I owned had the had the werewolf and the werebear. So I'm like, I'm I'm doing that. I'm doing Druid. I get it, and I go, nah, nah, I'm switching it up. I'm going Necromancer, class that I've never personally played as. Um, oh. And so, yeah, I get in there. I wanted my minions, and so I had to do it. I get the Necromancer, and we're just off and running. I'm, I'm slowly build, I'm building out my class, but I'm just really enjoying the campaign. Some some incredible storytelling, loving, you know, Lilith. That just When you have an interesting villain that, like, sells a lot of the story of a, of a video game, especially one that you can kind of understand their motives if you don't agree with their actions <laughs> if you if you get me and you know that's like kind of a little it's like it's like her, her father's you know the worst <laughs> and, yeah but that makes her the worst and you know doesn't make any of her like even like the way she seduces certain characters where they're just like like yeah i'll screw over my own daughter <laughs> like yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll screw over this person to hang out with you Lilith. and like I, I always love that when you came across the pedals and you just saw like you know humanity just give in to their worst desires as they like come into contact with lilith yeah uh, you yeah, know just, i never really like noticed that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and that takes things in a much different light now yeah <laughs> like uh and yeah, so like it's just a very interesting character. I I always loved every aspect of it as far as like in the, the side quests and some of the, the major quests, like this idea of the the demons just showing up and you know, seeing people, especially with this presentation on the on you know on the current gen consoles, the PS5 and everything else, um, seeing that presentation in the storytelling as you're seeing somebody who is, you know, being consumed by this demon calling you know calling uh a, a clergyman to come you, you start trying to resurrect or not resurrect you try to um what's it called uh you know pull this demon out of this person 
exercise the demon yeah <laughs> exercise the demon out and then the demon comes out and you know you got a battle coming <laughs> that demon yes. comes out it was always a great battle i so like i enjoyed all that then i get to the point where i'm getting near the end game like part of it but i've unlocked all my class all my uh skills I, everything else and i'm getting more familiar with my build and then as i really see that build come into place and i see all the different aspects of that build just continue to play off of each other making these little tweaks here and there and doing little like slight changes or i'm gonna use this skill instead of this skill and then seeing the the drastic improvements it's everything that i wanted in a diablo game but now with just the presentation that you would hope for when it comes to storytelling in a diablo game because you know blizzard they always had those cutscenes down if you were going to any developer to make you a great cutscene to capture the tone and some of the story elements of the game you go to blizzard to, to cut a, a hot cutscene you know to the point where it's like hey we need to start making movies of these things when it came mm -hmm. to blizzard um but yeah, not always the same case when it came to actual playing the game and storytelling. But I felt like this was the first one where when they, you know, when it was in-engine storytelling, it, it still felt like, it still felt very dramatic. It still had a great polish and presentation to it. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. That's like, I like I know people wanted, the th wanted it more zoomed out, but I felt like the more zoomed in, you know, just gave you more detail with every little bit of action and movement and you know everything that came with like the, the skins of the characters and you know how you decided to make them look and so yeah um that all came together get to the end game enjoying that also just another great co-op experience hopping on with a dub playing doing my first helltide um playing Good through times. you know a lot of that of the game uh doing those what is the the the, the riffs or whatever uh yeah it was it was phenomenal and yeah that's why it met all my expectations and then some i can't wait to play more of it i just have so many other games to play and so that's why i'm so looking forward to this vessel of hatred expansion though i will be getting back to it before then because there's just so many more classes to play um so yeah diablo 4 hands down my game of the year so if we were to do a consensus Control Issues Game of the Year, I think we're going to agree on. It's, it's got to be Boulder's Gate 3. Without me even having played it, just everything that I know about it, everything that, you know, I put stock in in A-Dub's opinions when it comes to, you know, games, and just hearing how you've ranted and raved. Every time I go on my PlayStation, I see A-Dub on playing Boulder's Gate, whether it's middle of the night or early in the morning, A-Dub is playing Boulder's Gate 3. So you know it's great. And yeah, so I mean, if there was going to be one, you know, Agreed upon game of the year. I think it's it's got to be Bullet's Gate three, right? Dude, if you loved Divinity one and two, hey, you you won't even understand how much you love Bullet's Gate three. <laughs> hey, it, dude, it's everything that was great about their two past games in this, but different, and it's so D and D that it. I feel like I'm playing a virtual simulation of a tabletop game. It, you're just moving through the world and just dice will roll, insight check, up, oh, failed, failed success. And <laughs> something will pop up or you'll start a conversation and you'll have some additional information that you didn't have before or may have missed if you failed that dice roll. Or, you know, you'll, you'll land an attack that that makes something happen that neutralizes the enemy. Like, I'm just finding... I was in a boss fight where basically the boss created one of those. I, 
I want to say what Sophie's choice or something like, oh, well, you could you could kill me, but that person will die or you could save <laughs> or you could save them and and I'll kill you. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do both. And I just I thought to myself, like, all right, that's on fire. It's going to burn for a few turns and then it that's game over. What if I put the fire out? And I was like, oh, all this time I've been collecting all these water bottles and never really knew what I could use them for. Pick the throw, pick the water bottle, pick the thing that's on fire, put the fire out. She doesn't it, like it doesn't catch back on fire. It didn't fail. It was just like, bloop, done. All right, the whoopie ray. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's things like that, man. It just the breadth of options you have, it's beyond anything that I've played in any other game, all while just having rock solid performance, having tight camera angles, outstanding visuals, performances, facial animations items and and the economy the the usefulness and necessity of all the different things you can use from the potions to the crafting elements it just all the mechanics the companion stories the side quests the the region stories the main story is everything that i'm encountering i am just truly blown away by how unique high quality and varied everything is like i'm it, I haven't found any pattern of repeated content. And I'm coming up on 60 hours. I'm about to get to Act 2 pretty soon. And it's just new locations, new types of people, new scenario, new layout, new items, new effects, new stats, level up. <laughs> it's, it's endless. It's, I mean, it's endless now. I'm in Act 1. So... But I've I've completed so much of this game so far, and I'm just looking forward to everything that's coming. So yeah, Baldur's Gate three, Larry, and easily my hands down overall game of the year consensus. All right, hey Dub. Well, this is the end of the show. Do you have any um any final any final things to say for 2023? Uh, actually, I think um. <laughs> We're gonna open it up to the the people's choice. The peanut gallery, yeah. <laughs> the peanut, the peanut gallery. We got troll of the year, 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 troll of they have a problem with the entire year. So these are those. Here's what they got to say about it. First, 2023 Trolls says, there were enough games and great games, but no games that raised the bar or will be remembered. Next Troll says, it's easily one of the worst years next to 2003 and 2016. Yeah. 2016 being the year that Doom and... Overwatch released with mm -hmm. Overwatch winning IGN's game of the year and completely shutting down my belief that online only multiplayer competitive games could never win game of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, worst years out of here. Next show says, uh, it was the most boring. 
Like you must have been asleep the whole year, homie. Next troll says to think that gaming has degraded so much that even this trash dump is considered good these days. The future of gaming looks grim. Trash dump. Nah, the call's coming from inside the house on that one, buddy. You the grim one. Next troll says, looking at the individual games, not impressed. <laughs> Yeah, never mind the sheer volume of high-quality games released. Just looking at each high-quality game individually, not impressed. Uh, I don't believe you. Next troll says, this is easily the most overrated year ever. It wouldn't be getting those ratings if it didn't have those games to rate. Last troll says, 2023 is the most overrated year for video games ever. It's really sad to see how far modern gamers' standards have fallen. <laughs> best production values, mm. best performances, mm. best writing, mm. best animations, mm. best music, mm. best world design, mm. greatest attention to detail, an actual effort, like a concerted ongoing effort to make video games not only fun to play but also enjoyable to experience from beginning to end and everywhere in between <laughs> like we see a year an individual year just littered with some of the greatest games ever made and and folks just can't appreciate it i don't know what to do man i i've said no to violence i i've learned to let go I've learned to to breathe and focus on things that enrich me in my world. And I just got to leave these trolls and these troll comments that are just aging like, like sour milk. I got to leave them in 2023 where they belong and look forward to 2024, bringing with me all the things from previous years that have stuck around and will stick around to be remembered. Like Baldur's Gate 3, like The Last Spell, like Dredge, like Star Wars, Jedi Survivor, like Diablo 4, like Phantom Liberty. Oh, man, like Forza Motorsport, like Starfield. <laughs> and many, many more that are just too numerous to name. AMC, you got anything for them? Now, I mean, if this was a year where you couldn't find anything to play, then something that I'll always say, if you can't find anything to play, Maybe it's not the games. Maybe it's you. And maybe it's time you step away, to push away, take a year off, take a console generation off, come back later. Ooh. Maybe you'll find something that, that's nice for you. Maybe enough games will have come out in that generation that you skipped over where you can just go back and play all those old games while you wait for some new good some new good games to come out. But yeah, if you can't find anything that's good right now, when there's literally everything. <laughs> it's like whatever you like there was a great version of it there is a great rpg there are great fighters there are great turn-based games there are great live live action games like it's just just everything um out of control like great platformers yeah there's just so much going on and if all you could feel was nothing when you were playing everything this year then yeah i'm gonna say Take a break from gaming because this clearly isn't for you because you're getting served the prime. You're getting you're getting served the that was it, the prime one, the, the prime, the grade A, the grade A beef, the Wagyu. You're getting you're getting served the best right now, the creme de la creme. And mm. you're passing it back saying this isn't good enough. 
I need something better. And if you're if you're turning down that Michelin quality of a meal, then it's you. It's not it's not the chef. <laughs> it's not the ambiance that's ruining it. It's you. You're ruining it for yourself. So take a break. Come back. Maybe come back with a when Xbox is third party and and Nintendo is 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 putting out their games on PlayStation. You know, like fifty years from now, come back then. Then maybe you'll you'll enjoy video games. <laughs> when you do that's all I this scenario comes true. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's that's all I got. Hey Dub, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. It was a fantastic year full of fond memories and yeah. fantastic experiences that I'll be looking back on for the rest of my days. Um I'm very thankful for 2023. I knew it was going to be plentiful. I didn't realize to this degree but um i appreciate it and i just look forward to what developers have in store for us for 2024 and beyond we'll be here with you to give you the scoop and let you know what's what well this is control issues and that was the series 2023 i am the amc thanks for playing Sucker. <laughs> 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 <laughs>